Hi, everybody. It's the Monthly Call with Mark. Every first Tuesday of the month at one o'clock Mountain Time. Did you know, here's a little tech thing I discovered in the last few weeks. Did you know that when you download Zoom, well, any audio, but when you download like a Zoom recording onto your Mac, if you have a Mac, the audio file, if you open the audio file in Finder, like in the Finder app, or like if the, uh, if the audio is in the downloads folder on your computer, and then with that audio file highlighted, you hit the space bar, it'll pop, space bar, it'll pop out that audio in a little window. You can edit the audio in that window. So like when I start a Zoom call, I'll have some dead air at the beginning, but I don't want the dead air to go to the podcast feed or whatever. You can actually edit the audio clip right there in that little finder window, clip out that dead air at the beginning. You don't even need a separate tool or any expertise or anything. You just clip it off, save it, upload it. I think that's a pretty big discovery. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've been running a series called The Beautiful Business. It's about one-on-one -on -one coaching. Today, we did the fourth session. There's a podcast feed if you search the beautiful business on Apple podcasts or um, other podcast distribution, whatever. Um, there's another podcast called beautiful business. It hasn't been updated in close to a year. That's not me. Obviously mine's called the beautiful business by Mark Butler. It's pretty good. I'll send a link in uh, in, subs in some future emails to the, to the bookkeeping um, community to you all. So with that, let's chat. Who can I chat with today? Who wants to talk? Nobody? Should I monologue? I'm always ready. I heard you think that I was supposed to know about this business thing. Oh, it's a mandolin. You did know. I, I will go to my grave claiming that you knew that Tuesdays at 10 a.m. is when the those recordings are. Aren't you on that email list? Nope. Well. I, I mean, am, but your reminder email didn't say the day and time. <laughs> I mean, come on. We all know me. Like, I'm going to remember. First of all, if I remember a reminder email in the first place, it's a miracle. Secondly, if I remember to put the right information in the reminder email, come on. Well, you had the link and I responded, but what day and time? And I knew you wouldn't answer, but I still had to respond anyway. So I'm sad I missed it, but I'm glad it will be on the podcast. It'll be and it's good podcast, to see your face. Thank you. It's good to hear your voice. Um, oh, before we jump into any, any, chat, any other chatting, hopefully you all got my email yesterday where I said I'm firing myself from all client care activities in the bookkeeping business and I am fired in the email. I said, if I had an employee who was as negligent in their client care responsibilities as I have been, and I kind of sounds funny, like I'm joking and I am trying to bring some humor to it, but in all seriousness, I would have fired that person years ago. So I'm fired. feels so good to be fired. feels amazing. Um, tomorrow we have a new bookkeeper starting on a trial basis and 
very hopeful that she will work out. I'm pretty, pretty confident that she'll work out. But in the meantime, Taryn will be fielding all customer support, sort of tickets, requests, and those that need to be escalated to me will be escalated to me. And she'll force me to give an answer on the spot and then it will get done. And we'll be giving better service because we got to get better service, obviously. We're also coming into that uh, time of year where we see, a, I see in the business, a big surge in bookkeeping signups because we're getting toward year end. So thank goodness I sent that email yesterday because all new customers signing up should know that they will not be counting on me to reply to their messages, which I will inevitably fail to do. So I wanted that reminder on this recording as well as in that email. And with that, who can I chat with today? Who's got stuff on their minds? I will chat if no one else is going to chat. <laughs> You'll chat. Dive in. We just chatted last week. Yeah, what's so, new since then? Well, Crystal and I brainstormed and made some decisions about the membership. And I'm really excited. I think it's going to be good. What'd you come up with? Um, I'm going to give everybody who's in it a year for free. Hmm. Who's already paid the $4.99 and go down to just the monthly. And we're debuting that at Pinners this week. So... What's pinners? Interest come to life. So it's a Yikes. conference. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, it's it's a conference. They have them all over the country, but there's one in Utah in Sandy this weekend. Two days. Um, I have a booth, and then I'm teaching a class as well. Oh, so is it a is this a conference where you would, I mean, I know your, your, your coaching has mass appeal. Is it a conference yeah. where you would expect people to be sort of like ready to engage with you? Have you done this conference before? I haven't done this before, but um, so I'm good friends with Camille Beckstrand. She's the oldest of the six sisters and they've done this many times. The oldest six of the sisters. six sisters. Should I know? Six who sisters. This? Six sisters recipes. They're. I don't know if oh. you know them, but a lot of <laughs> maybe the women do on here. But they're they're uh, big in the recipe blogging. They've okay. had recipe books, and I mean they're they do very very well. So she she's a good friend of mine, and she was like, "This would be amazing for you because it's your perfect demographic." Hmm. And um, they have found that their ROI is incredible at this conference. And so we'll see what happens. It wasn't that much of an investment um, to even get a booth. And the, um, so, and they invited me to teach a class. They actually didn't have space for me and they made space for me because they wanted me there. Hmm. Very nice. So can I give, so it's can like I give 20 to 20 to 25,000 women What in my demographic. Yeah. 20 to 25,000 people talking about Pinterest? Well, that attend this, yeah. <laughs> Sounds terrifying. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, my anxiety level is now 11. Uh, just <laughs> knowing that this exists. 
Um, okay. I want to, if I can, for the sake of the people listening to the, to the feed, I, I want to just sort of, I want to just give them a little bit of context for what you're saying about your membership. So um, yeah. Am- Amanda has a membership and what she's been doing is having people pay like a $500 joining uh, sort of registration fee for the membership. And then after that, they start paying $50 a month. Yep. And we had a conversation about this and I said, look, first things first, do I really know how to fix this? Absolutely not. But here's my, here's some guesses I have based on what I've done. I, I had a membership 10 years ago that had a couple thousand people in it. Um, my guess is that if memberships sort of need some momentum, there need to be enough people in there that it feels like word of mouth can kind of kick off a little bit. So people can be telling people, yeah, I'm a member of this thing. And then when the people they refer come to the thing, the barrier to entry with a membership typically needs to be a little bit low so people can get in there, see if they like it, and then also start to like speed up that word of mouth machine, invite other people to come in. So I said, if it were me and I were trying to build my first sort of critical mass of members, I wouldn't put a $500 hurdle in their path on the way to a $50 per month membership. And I said, in, in my case, knowing what I know about the math of memberships, it might even make sense to make it a $500 lifetime membership because the likelihood that you'll get 10 plus payments from any given member at 50 per month is, is actually very low. I, I don't think it's very common for people to get that many payments. But then I also said, you don't have to give everybody a lifetime membership. You know, just consider that. So um, Amanda is saying what she's doing is people who've paid that $500 initiation fee, she's going to give them a year. She's going to switch to sort of $49 today, 49 per month, kind of more traditional membership to see. Yeah. And then I'll make it, if they want to do a year in advance, it's 499. So what the, what the other people did. Now, the other like thing I would probably, year in advance the other sort of semi-proven model when it comes to that is, um, is either buy 10 months, get two months free, which in your case would be like a year for $400 ish. Yeah. Yeah. Right? I think that's right. Or you could buy, buy 12 months, get two months free. So it's like 14 months for the price of 12. Also very common with memberships, but anyway, what you're doing is I think a great next step to see if you can get a little bit more momentum, more momentum in the signups. I don't think I asked you this when we talked the other day. Um, how does a person interact with your membership? What's the platform? What is it sort of like, what do I do when I log in? I'm just curious about this. And other people might be curious to hear about your setup. Um, when they log in or when they join, it goes to a homepage where it says start here and it takes them to my Embrace You video course because um, that's where they really need to start is going through that um but then there's like there's weekly calls um there's monthly workshops there's an ask amanda there's a little intro video too where it kind of shows them all the different pieces but the first step is always the embrace you video course how how much video is in the video course there's 12 modules that are fairly short so the longest video is 30 minutes, but mo- like more 12 to 15 minutes are most of the videos. Do you have a, like off the top of your head, kind of how many total videos are in the course? There's 12. 
Oh, it's 12 modules, one video per module. Okay. Yep. Yep. So we're, we're and then there's a couple worksheets. A couple hours of video. Yeah. yeah. But I tell them within it to like do, try to do one module a week so that they're implementing, not just running straight through. And um, do, do you have like specific Q&A sessions or I'm curious uh, how people then engage with you. Do you find that people are doing a lot of questions or getting coaching on the videos themselves on the modules, or does the coaching tend to be more general and not necessarily related to that core material or what, what would be your sort of instinctive it's, guesses? To it's the not, the coaching is not necessarily related to the videos per se. I think the videos are pretty thorough. But they're fine. But what they're bringing to the coaching is where they're getting stuck when they're doing worksheets and when they're seeing like they're not working through it on their own and they need my help to see mm. what I see. Okay. Do you have any sense of, uh, and you don't have to share this, uh, you may not even have this data, but I'm always curious about sort of engagement within courses or memberships. Do you have any sense of, how many of the people who've joined the membership go through all the core videos? Is it, if you were guessing, would you say it's a high, medium, or low percentage of people who sign up for the course that actually complete the core material? High. Um, oh, it is high? The people, I mean, at least the people that come and engage in, engage with me on coaching calls or in my Ask Amanda or I also have available private coaching. So if they don't want to come onto a group coaching call, they can pay and do a private coaching session with me. And mm. everybody that I talk to is going through a whole course. So that's another interesting twist where once you're a member, you can get access to Amanda for one-on-one -on -one coaching. But if you're not a member, yeah. you don't really have that. No, if you're not a member, you cannot get access to me. Interesting. Cool. Cool. These are, these are interesting models. Have you been doing it long enough yet to have any sense of um, retention, sort of how long people are hanging around after signing up? Um, so I started, I haven't done the math. So that's one of the things that's on my list to do is really look at the math on it. But retention rates are, I would say, pretty high. I mean, I've only had, I've had, hmm, nearly probably over 50 people join the membership since February. And I've maybe had five to 10 that have left 50 since January and only five to 10 that have left in that, in that period. Yeah. See, this and is a where... couple of them were coaches. So they were like, okay, I got what I needed and I'm out. Mm. Um, I had one leave the other day and I, I took the opportunity or I took the ability for them to cancel their membership on their own out. So they have to email me now to cancel so I can get a little bit of feedback. Mm. And the, I had one leave the other day and I asked for feedback on that. And she said, the only reason I'm leaving is because my husband and I are going on a senior mission. Otherwise I'd stay in forever. Oh, hmm. so it's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not finding that people are leaving very often. Looping back to the $500 setup fee. 
So the, the downside, in my opinion, the downside of the $500 setup fee is makes it much harder for people to get in. The upside is I think they'll be much, much, much more likely to stay. Yeah. Um, which is, that's kind of an interesting, um, sort of like consideration when it comes to membership pricing, you hear people do different things with memberships, right? Like they'll do the setup fee. And then if a person leaves, so self-coaching scholars, Brooke Castillo, I, she, I don't know whether she still says this, but there was a time when she said, if you leave, you can't come back for a year. Yeah. So there was, there was some, in terms of carrot and stick, there was some stick there. Um, Corinne Crabtree, I've heard that in her membership, it was, you pay the setup fee. And then if you leave, you have to pay the setup fee again. She just changed it so that now it's monthly. She re- removed the setup fee. There's no setup fee anymore. Mm-hmm. That's recent within the last like month. I'd be so curious to talk to her about that. I mean, it, when I first heard about this, and I was like, that's just crazy. It, it was crazy that she was able to pull that off so successfully and for so long but now she probably has so many members that I don't know, but that, that doesn't, doesn't surprise me, but that's cool. Um, anyway, thanks. For um, sharing, I also, Anna. I'm also starting the subscription podcast. Oh, you are going to do that. Yeah. Fascinating. What do you, what, like, could you talk us through that model, that plan? Um, so I opened it up to my membership first, the opportunity to get a free private session with me if they were willing to let me put it on my podcast and I already have quite a few people signed up. Oh, so that's the model you're going to run is going to be like, that's going to be the differentiator between the paid podcast and the free podcast will be the paid podcast will be live coaching with, with yes, it'll be coaching. Yep. Coaching. So I'll open it up to the public if I'm not getting enough through the membership, but that's the plan now. And then, um, offer, you know, it'll be weekly and we'll run a, I'm going to run a black Friday special and it'll start launch December 6th. Are you a room for two subscriber? Yes. So for those that don't know, room for two is a paid podcast by a relationship coach named Jennifer Finlayson Fife. It was her model that I was, um, Amanda and I also talked about a little bit last week where Jennifer, I don't know Jennifer personally, I've just been an observer of her business. And she, she is sort of like, there's a, there's a certain niche of podcast that Jennifer just has a free pass on. She can guest on any one of probably a hundred podcasts anytime she wants. And that's how she's built her name. And then she launched a private podcast. It's hundred bucks a year or something like that. Yeah. Um, For two episodes a month is what they, what they say. Oh, is it down to two episodes per month? I I don't know. It's always been that. Oh, I don't think I was ever aware of what the promise was. Sometimes they do more than that, but they only guarantee two a month. Oh, interesting. I never knew that. Um. I like that model. I was telling Amanda that I'm very intrigued by that model. I call it more of a, like a patronage model or because it, it, it kind of looks a lot like Patreon where people are, are used to engaging with you in a certain medium, a certain format, and mm-hmm. they love it. And the easiest 
monetization in the world is to say, just keep engaging with me in exactly the same way, but pay me a little. That's what Patreon is. And if you have enough audience, I, gosh, I honestly, I can't think of a better business model if your audience is big enough and you can just say, I'm going to kind of like harvest one tiny fraction of this whole audience and have them basically pay me a little bit for the work I'm already doing. Um, it'd be an awesome yeah. way to make a living. So yep, we're going to try that for you. So what are you charging for? Um, I think we'll maybe, I'm not positive yet, but I think we're going to do a, like a pre-sale at $69 a month and then bump that up to 99. Um, I think some people would say, oh, don't launch that. And you don't like be promoting that in your membership at the same time. I, in the spirit of sort of like beta testing, sort of like which one of these gets more traction more easily. I'm very happy to have you running that test and very curious to see what kind of data you get from it. Yeah, me too. Fun. See what happens. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Thanks for, thanks for being willing to, sh willing to share all that with anybody who's tuning in. That's generous. And yeah. uh, I look forward to updates. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thanks. Who else can I chat with? Hey, Mark. Hi, so, Lakenan. <laughs> it's Lakenan, right? Not Lake Non. Lake Nin. Yep. Good. Okay. So I emailed my CPA this morning because November 1st, I always send them an updated PL and, you know, mm -hmm. say, how much do you think I'll owe in taxes, mm -hmm. knowing that I've paid all my estimated quarterlies? And, and he's like, oh, you're probably going to owe like an extra 6,500 or something based on, you know, extrapolating your November and December income based on what you've earned so far this year. And Mark, I have like 90 grand saved for taxes. <laughs> <laughs> I always save 30%. And last well, year I said, just to hey, clarify for the audience, you save 30% of gross. Yes. Yes. Because that's just easier for me to do the math. Yeah. And I'm like, maybe I should stop doing that. But also like, yeah, it's a great problem to have. Amanda says, yeah. Like, so I'm kind of, I'm curious. I guess the reason why, why I bring that up is because a, like maybe I should save less next year <laughs> and B, um, I'm talking to, I'm, I'm trying to find like an investment advisor to like someone local to me to help me come up with more of like a retirement plan and stuff. And I have this one guy that I'm going to interview that my brother uses and he's like very, um, I like my brother's like, he works with the super rich guys, <laughs> like set up, sets up the trusts and does the like you know, using life insurance as an investment tool and blah, blah, blah. And I'm kind of like, I don't know how aggressive I want to be. Like, I don't know if that guy's going to be a good fit for me. So I'm not really asking you like for investment advisor advice so much more is just like, I'm, I'm not sure how to go about thinking and finding an investment advisor that's going to be aligned with my own like values and risk rewards. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, yeah. There's a book I want to recommend, but I'm opening up audible. 
when simple Mark recommends path. a book. What's that? I said when Mark recommends a book, I buy it. <laughs> oh, good. This one's I good. Know you don't and I happen to that. know the author personally, which is fun, but I came to this book. I didn't even know he'd written a book. I don't know him well, but I've I've met him before. It's called The Simple Path to Wealth. The author is named J.L. Collins. I'm not giving you this book because I'm saying, and then that will be the end of it. You won't have to think about this ever again, but he presents what I consider to be the absolute simplest. I cannot imagine a simpler long-term wealth creation plan than what Jim is his name presents in the simple path to well wealth. And he's, he's like this, um, like it's a good read. He's kind of like the sweet but grumpy grandpa who's kind of like get off my lawn and here's how to invest your money. And he's got a really, really popular blog and it's just very straightforward. It's a quick read or a quick listen, depending on what your format is. Um, you may not need an investment advisor. You may not need one. Um, but I think it's worth educating yourself on, um, yeah, on what the options are out there. The great challenge of investment advisors is that they, they really struggle with the, in, the, the, the challenge that all advisors have, which is there's an incentive problem. It's like real estate agents. Now people are going to think, oh, you're down on real estate agents. No, I'm not. But real estate sales inherently has an an incentive problem where the the incentives of the client and the incentives of the agent are not perfectly aligned. And where you have that incongruity between the client's and the agent's incentives, you have potential conflict and you have, so you have to sort of raise your own awareness, like, well, where do the incentives break down? And anyway, you may not need investment advisor, an investment advisor. Before you hire an, an, an investment advisor, I would read books. I would listen to podcasts and I would try to get as much clarity as you possibly can about what old age looks like in your mind. How do you want, how, what is your best guess as to how you want to spend your day when you're, in your case, you're very young, when you're 50 and 60 and 70 and 80 and 90. Mm -hmm. And you're a very smart person. And I have obviously total confidence that you can navigate this. Um, But I would not rush into an investment advisor relationship Mm -hmm. until you feel confident that you know exactly what job you're hiring that person to do. Yeah. That's, that's like been subconsciously what has been on the back of my mind. And so you just verbalized it in the best way. So thank you. Like, I don't know what I don't know yet. Yes. (laughs) So I need, I've started, like I've started kind of reading and trying to educate myself on what our options are, but I feel like there's just still more that I don't know. So I, um, well, my, my many millions of dollars, rich friend, Jesse, when we talk about this topic, he's a fan of love, long-term savings. He diversifies, he does all the things, but with self-employed people in particular, 
he always says to me, the ultimate, the ultimate financial security is your personal monopoly. Meaning the thing that you do that people only want, they want Jenny for it. They don't want anyone else. They want Jenny for that sort of bottling that and continuing to um, maximize that for the next 50 years is your greatest financial security. Right. Yeah. I love it when he reminds me of that because it, it makes me, puts me back in the feeling like I'm in the driver's seat and I don't, um, I think that investing is, is a word that can, can be scary. Like, oh, there's so much to know taxes and re return, you know, like rates of return and et cetera. Like, that is self-employed people being reminded that we are our most important investment. I just love to be reminded of that. Well, and it makes the, in looking other places to invest in, you know, retirement accounts or whatever, it makes that feel a little bit less heavy to me because it's like, well, I'm going to do those things and I want to, and I yeah. should, but they're kind of like the gravy on top of like me investing in my time and energy and, and money into totally. my business because that is where I enjoy spending that investment the most. Yep. <laughs> so like, yay. Right. Yeah. I mean, for self-employed people, one of the trade-offs that I think we have to be, that we're wise to be aware of that maybe an employed person, this may be true for them as well, but I'm not, I'm not in that same headspace as, as I think they are. There's a very, uh, there's an important conversation to be had between, should I put this thousand dollars in a mutual fund or should I put this thousand dollars into maximizing the value of my time and the, and the reach of my, my value? Like that, that's a, that's a very real trade-off for self-employed people. And it's not always true. In fact, it's often not true that that thousand dollars should be put in the mutual fund instead of being put into whatever coaching program for you, um, childcare to free you up, grocery delivery, all these things that, that maximize your earning, earning power. Those are real trade-offs that maybe don't show up in this conversation as often as they should, I think for self-employed people. So awesome. you've created an amazing thing at, you know, the ripe old age of however old you are. I'm 29. <laughs> 20. I'll be, I'll be 30 in January. It's <laughs> oh, funny because I'm 39. I've been 39 for five years now. Um, yeah, you've created an amazing thing. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if sometime in the next five years, you're like, I've got this so dialed. It's time to start another one. It's time to start another revenue stream without mm -hmm. adding more work to my day or my week. Mm -hmm. You have so many years to make use of the skills you've been building over the last, whatever, five, six, seven years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, so. it's really fun. I've, I've already kind of like started looking ahead to that and I'm like, you know, probably in five to 10 years, my business is going to be really dialed in and I'm going to want to start doing some kind of coaching and mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to be coaching coaches. I'm going to be coaching digital agency owners mm -hmm. like me. And so when my business coach who, you know, um, was like, Hey, will you come work part-time for us? It was like, Oh, that's right. Sure. 
Yeah, let me get inside. Let me see under the hood here real quick. (laughs) Totally. Now, and by the way, for all of us who are not 29, because I am 43, and I think I would feel the same if I were 53 or 63. I think this is true for all of us. I think we're we're figuring out the business we're in. Everybody knows, or hopefully everybody knows, I love one-on-one coaching. I can at today I can see doing one-on-one coaching into my 70s, 80s. Why not? And with something like my bookkeeping business, as I fire myself in that business from the things I'm terrible at and maybe try to move more energy into the things I'm good at, I'm in the same position in the next two, three, five years where I might be saying, well, what's the next business like? Let's do the books. That's part of my equation for whether I put money into the mutual fund where I am putting money or whether I'm saying, oh, maybe it's time to look at another, maybe look at another business. That's why being self-employed is so fun. Also, side note, one more thing I wanted to tell, to share is um, Dina and I did a webinar last week. Oh, I saw the emails. I was curious. Yeah. Um, and so she's a brand designer. Anyone listening doesn't know Dina. She's my brand designer business partner that I often work with. And I do the website. She does the logos and the style guide and everything. And she was like, let's do a webinar and just have it be like an ask us anything, like real low key friendly. And so we did. And we had like 25 people come up live and like hundred people register. And then she did, she was like, I want to do a really great deal. So she, um, she was our, our purpose was to market our courses. So she marketed her like a brand in a box kind of mm-hmm. DIY, DIY done with you, um, brand package. And then I, she was like, I'm going to, anyone who buys brand in a box by Monday. So in like this four day period, I'll buy your course for them. <laughs> and it was like, it did pretty well. So I don't know. It was just fun. It was, it was fun to try new things. Yes. I try a webinar and be like, oh, we actually really liked this format. And we did it yeah. just like this. It wasn't actually a webinar. It was like this kind of open room. Yeah. And it felt very like one-to-one and intimate. And we're like, wow, we could do this again. So anyway, trying new things is fun. It's just fun. It's just fun. If you can approach these experiments with an attitude of fun and not an attitude of putting pressure on yourself to have it do some certain thing or be some certain thing and just like, I, I love, I think the first time I ever, I made my first dollar on the internet in 2005. And that is making me sound older and older every time I say it. But I have never lost my wonder, my absolute shock and delight that I can connect people, connect with people on the internet and have them pay me for stuff. It's just, it's just mind-blowing. And I hope it never becomes less mind-blowing. So yeah, awesome for you guys that you hosted a webinar, you had people show up, you made sales, they're stoked, you're stoked. This is crazy that this is even a thing. So fun. Thanks for the updates. Jenny, like Jenny Lakeman, tycoon. Like, come on, that's, that's gonna happen. You're 29. By the time you're like 45, are you kidding me? Thanks for the belief. Kids will be grown. (laughs) You won't be dealing with that. Unless you keep having kids. Oof. (laughs) Head shake. No. Uh, It's fun to catch up with you. Amber D, I see your hand up. What's up? Hi. Okay. Full disclosure. This is my first call. And I want to ask you about something that's not related to bookkeeping. So if this is 
almost no one talks about bookkeeping on these calls. Okay, good. I don't know. I don't know what the culture is in this call. I kind of want to um, ask you about your beautiful business stuff uh, as it yes. relates to me, because I have a real big conflict with it. Yes. Conflict is interesting. So I see myself as somebody who, like Jenny, loves technology. And I also love managing people. And I'm always questioning, like, maybe I don't actually love the coaching side. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I look at your beautiful business, I'm like, it makes perfect sense. And I don't know if this is me. And I don't know where that puts me. Well, yeah, where it puts you is if you know that you love technology and you like to manage people, then you get to honor those facts and pursue a business model that makes use of both. Some what? That makes use of both. Oh, makes use of both. Sorry. I yeah. thought you said makes you a moat. I was like, I don't, I don't think I'm yeah, up with your lingo. Term before? <laughs> no, makes use of both. Got it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, cool. I think, I think, um, I, I have a, I have a client that I still I have just a very small handful of clients that I still do monthly, monthly budget meetings with, like as a kind of CFO kind of thing, but it ends up being mostly sort of business coaching and life coaching. And she said almost the same thing to me a few months ago. She said, you know what? It turns out I really like marketing and I don't, I'm okay with coaching, but I don't wake up in the morning stoked about coaching. Yeah. I said, yeah, then do more marketing and do less coaching just because, you know, like you can, with something like the beautiful business, you can, can observe that and you can say, this is actually a really clear elegant way to make money. It's great. I can see its value and it's not for me in the long yeah, term. I'm sending it to all my friends who are like, I hate sales. I hate marketing. I'm like, this is what you need. You actually love the coaching side. And I, my pinnacle in my business is when somebody says, yes, they want to work with me. And I see their payment come through. And after that, it's all like, Oh, okay. Now I got to coach them. <laughs> yes. A hundred percent. I totally get it. Sales is so fun marketing and sales. So fun. Yeah. And, and if, if you're a person that's like that, you want to participate in everything up to the yes and nothing afterward. Yeah. But how do I set that up? So I have a few friends who are like, I hate the sales and marketing. You should do the sales and marketing for me. And then I'll do all the coaching. And I'm like, that sounds great, but I'm selling my brain. Like I'm selling all the content that I create is like how Amber sees the world. So I don't know, like what are businesses that you've seen where this works well or I, I really haven't. Um, and that's, what's kind of fun about it. I'm very curious about it. So for example, um, my family uses a therapy practice. that's about five minutes from our house where the owner of the practice, and I don't know if he has any partners, I haven't gotten more details, but the owner of the practice does all the client intake. So you, so new clients do a session with him. He gets to know them, make sure there's a fit. Like, does he think he can give them given the, given the therapists that he has on staff, does he think he can give them a great experience? Once he feels confident that, yes, he does, he'll match them to one of his therapists. And um, awesome, awesome business. I haven't yet seen anything like that in the coaching world. And I'm so intrigued by it that there's this little voice in my head that's like, should you do this? Should you create the... You can be one of my associates, Mark. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have to charge those people a lot because you're gonna there's gonna have to be room in it for you in the margin. Um 
so what I have seen is that coaches will hire salespeople, but that's not actually what you're describing. No. And I want to give you all my unsolicited advice. I just don't want to have to meet with you to do it. Yeah. So I also don't feel like the courses. Yeah. No, but that's that's, like the courses is the way to do it because I don't want to build like the huge machine. So what you could do is you could be you out in the world. You'd be uh, a long time ago. I had this idea of being sort of like a solutions consultant, which is not a thing, but it was, I essentially wanted to be a content creator who knew a lot about a lot. And then people could kind of come to me and and say like, here's what I'm dealing with. And I could say, perfect. Let me line you up with this consultant or this coach or this software. Mm -hmm. This is the right tool for what you're trying to do, or that's the right person for what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. And then I would get paid for those introductions. Maybe it's like an affiliate marketing kind of a thing. It's kind of an affiliate marketing thing. I've had a couple ideas for how to monetize it. One idea I've had is sort of a like sponsorship, but I mean, I've thought, well, you know, there could be a six figure income stream. If I, as Mark Butler, the creator had 20 people who are willing to pay me 5,000 a year to just be one of their recommended brands, you know, could I get Jesse Meekham to pay me 5,000 a year to be a wine ab evangelist? Could I get my friend Rita, who's a Facebook ads manager to pay me five grand a year to just be like, every time anybody brings up Facebook ads, I say, you got to hire Rita, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. There could be something there. People might say, well, I really want to do it on a case-by-case basis. Like I'll pay you a commission for people you send me. I personally don't want that arrangement unless, unless I'm confident that I can build my business around that arrangement. So for example, you could, you could be you, you could be out there, you know, um, sort of disseminating these ideas that you're passionate about. And then people come to you and they say, I want help with this. You could say, great. You, I'm going to refer you to one of these three coaches. Hmm. She and I, or he and I are perfectly aligned in our philosophy about how this stuff works. That's and what I haven't found. The perfect alignment. So I, for context and Amanda, I love that you said that I actually worked with Molly Claire in the past. Um, uh, for context, I coach top 1% of salespeople and it, it's a lot of mindset and it's a lot of time management like stop procrastinating and do what you need to do to go make a lot of money. Right now I charge $5,000 for a six week package, which feels kind of crazy. Um, and it's blowing is it, up. Is it an hour per week? Yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And free lifetime access to my course. Don't forget that. Um, I never, um, which makes it all worth it. I mean, the course alone. Um, but so, uh, my, my schedule is totally full. I'm booked out for two months. I feel so much. I think the reason I like want to have this conversation is because I feel so busy and I hate busy. I love spaciousness in my schedule. Mm. And so I'm like, I'd love to just like spend my time, like creating the content, having the sales calls and like handing off to somebody else for maintenance. But I, what I talk with them a lot about is a lot of like business, business self-help kind of stuff. Like, here's why you're motivated. Here's how you're motivated. Here's like how to set yourself up for success in the corporate world. And I haven't found a lot of, especially in the LCS world, like I haven't found a lot of like peers who are up on that. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure they're out there. You're, um, what, what you're doing is you're just changing, from, you're, you're upgrading from one problem to another. The old problem was, can I get people to pay me this amount of money for this work? The new problem is, 
can I develop coaches who can deliver the experience I'm delivering at that same price point and have very happy clients? It's just mm. a new problem. The, the obstacle to your obstacle is, you haven't said this explicitly, but you might be thinking it, is thinking that it has to be you. Yeah. And that is at this point, the most expensive belief. Hmm. Interesting. Because as soon as it doesn't have to be you anymore. And it was, I mean, I always talk about Jesse, but he's sort of my main mentor in these, in these areas. Jesse, a long time ago <laughs> was like, Oh really, Mark, you're the best coach in the whole world. You can, no one can do it better than you can do it. Thanks, I was Jesse. like, Oh, <laughs> right. He said, yeah, your ego is really involved here. And the simple fact is there's someone who's going to deliver a better experience to that client than you are. And, but your part of the process is, is uh, indispensable because it's bringing client and coach together. And probably in this case, it's you mentoring and facilitating that coach to, to bring them in line with your, your standard of quality for the actual experience. Mm, yeah. Um, but the, 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 the solution to the, the simplest solution to the problem as you're explaining it is to partner with and um, mentor the coaches who will do everything after the transaction. Hmm. And when I say partner with, I don't mean equity partner with, unless that's what you want to do. I mean, hire on a contract basis, do some sort of revenue sharing, however you work it out. Mm -hmm. That's the next project. Yeah. If, and you said you do like managing people. I love managing people. Oh, well then. I have lots of thoughts for you about how wonderful it is. Good. Pass them on to whoever I hire to be a manager in my business. Yeah. (laughs) Because I'll be off reading a book and talking into a microphone. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. This is really interesting because I think I see, I like looking or listening to the beautiful business stuff. I'm like, this makes so much sense. And I feel like either I need to have a beautiful business where I'm not the one coaching and it is all one-on-one coaching Mm -hmm. or it needs to be that like, well, I love technology and I love managing people. So I need to move to a group model, but I don't think that my persona would want to be in a group. I don't think they want to like tell a bunch of other like top sales professionals that they experience imposter syndrome all the time. (laughs) I think it would be good for them. I don't think they would be bought in. Well, you don't know that yet. That's another thing that would have to be tested. And that's part of this journey. Um, If human beings want to want to share their deepest and darkest with other human beings in 12 step, then they probably also are going to be at some point, okay, telling their fellow salespeople that they feel like a fraud. Mm. We, we, as humans have a desire to share. We just, we just want to have a sense that we're safe doing it. Yeah. So you, you can get there, but I think the, um, the major epiphany for you at the moment that you've already had and articulated well is you are not most excited about the coaching. You are most excited about selling the coaching and managing and mentoring the coaches. Yeah. And that's good clarity. That's sufficient clarity to make your next plans. Hmm. This is fun. Thank you.
That's so fun. We have great models for this. I mean, you you are you're describing um, you know corporate training companies, and I hope that's not an off-putting way to say it. I but, come from a corporate training background. Yeah, you're describing those companies, and they make millions and millions of dollars, and they're essentially facilitating the relationship between coach and client. That's at the end of mm -hmm. the day, that's what they're doing. Yeah, that's a really good point. So, I see that may not be what the beautiful business is today because it's so focused on one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I never want it to be lost that people, I believe people have an, uh, basically an inner knowing there's an inner resonance of, yeah, this is my work. This is what I'm, this is what I'm excited to get up and, and do in the morning. And that's where I want people to direct their energy. Might be a one-on-one -on -one business. Often it's going to be a training business. It's going to be a, some technology. It could be it. pool cleaning. I don't care. I, I want people to wake up excited to excited about how they're going to spend their day. Awesome. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, I'm excited for you. I, that'll be fun too. I mean, the biggest thing you've done over the last four years is you've realized, oh, I can make something successful. I can do it. Yeah. And now you've done it. Now you get to decide, okay, now that I know I can succeed, I get to think about how I want to succeed. Yes. That's fun. So fun. Happy to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Anybody else I can chat with before we call it a day? Well, sounds good to me. We'll wrap it up here and I'll upload an episode. I'm trying to think if I have any other updates. Hey, Mark, want people when is the next beautiful business presentation? Did you do it already today? You didn't put the date in the email. <laughs> so <yeah>, I didn't, <laughs> I forgot, but it's in, if you click on the zoom link, you'll see the date and time. I just think it's reasonable that I expected everyone to guess that. Yes. Um, Tuesdays at 10 o'clock in the morning, mountain time for, I don't know, a few more weeks, a few more weeks. I think sometime in the next few weeks, I'll wake up and be like, oh, I said what I had to say about that. And then it'll be done for a while, but I'm still feeling energized for it. So Tuesdays, 10 o'clock in the morning, and then on the podcast feed. Thanks folks. Appreciate you being my clients, my customers, my friends, and we'll talk to you the next time. See you. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.